It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. Oh, I thought, I thought we were going to do a drum roll there, but that's fine. This week, <laughs> we've got a second Black Panther trailer, Mike. Very, very excited for this. Surprise dropped, but we, we kind of talked about that last week. Uh, another trailer, Super Mario Brothers. I kept thinking it's a Super Mario movie. It is Super Mario Brothers, Mike. Um, so uh, that is drops online. We're going to talk about that and the uh, the scandal that is Mario's flat ass, uh, if you will. We'll get to it. <laughs> a werewolf by night scares its way on the Disney Plus. Ooh, spooky, spooky season, and more. Yeah, spooky season uh, indeed. Uh, I'll just I'll just jump right into this, it. He's gonna do uh, this I because finally. <laughs> well, I just want to preface this. Mike's gonna jump into this because he's been, he texted me profusely during I believe the last movie he watched, um, which was uh, Prey, right? Yeah, Prey. Because because yes. I, I watched it when it came out, and, I, and he was like, "Did you?" I'm like, "Yeah, a couple weeks ago." So yeah, please go on with your Predator. Yes, I finally finished watching every movie with a Predator in it. Uh, I'm slightly disappointed that there wasn't, like, a random movie kind of out there in the world that had, like, a Predator, like, cameo in the background. Like, I'm not entirely sure, but I almost thought, like, oh, maybe there's, like, a Predator in, like, Ready Player One or something like Mm -hmm. that. And maybe I could, like, throw that into the list. What about Space Jam 2? Oh, is that... It's Warner. I don't Brothers. think that's Warner Brothers. I don't think it's Warner Brothers, is it? Yeah, Space Jam is Two. Predators Warner, Warner Brothers. No, Predator's not. Predator's Fox. But I was gonna say I would not be surprised if they didn't find a way to sneak in. Gotcha. Predator. But I was hoping like maybe since these since these movies span from like the '80s to like today, like mm-hmm. maybe there's like a random like horror movie in the 90s that has like you know a predator like somewhere in it that i could throw in the list but yeah this is every movie with with a predator in it which is basically the mainline predator franchise with the two avp uh alien vs predator uh films so i finally decided to rank them here mm-hmm. uh and this is I official this is an here. official rating from, from mike <laughs> yeah this is official for me so I, I i'll put them here in reverse uh obviously in last place it's a uh, 2018's the predator we heard me talk about that a little last week it's just mm-hmm. this weird combination of shane black trying to take the franchise in a different direction but honestly it feels like if you just kind of like could mortal Kombat style like turn the blood off right this would just be airing every weekend on tnt it just it's more of like an action movie than it is really anything is suspenseful it's just very very silly Mm -hmm. so that's why it gets the last place uh second to last but still i would say with some redeemable qualities was alien vs predator requiem gosh i really wish i could have seen this movie literally it's so dark All, all of like I feel like the really fun action moments like I'm just squinting looking at these like these glistening silhouettes like try to fight each other and I say glistening because predators and aliens are always wet they're always wet and glossy and something's always shining it, it, if them. it's not shining it's, it's green glowy blood from somebody somebody's got neon yeah. green blood yeah and it gets it gets confusing to follow the blood sometimes right because uh, the alien blood is acid 
kind of, depending on what movie you're watching it on. Then the predator blood is also glowy. So I think what we take away from this is if, if we find a creature outside of Earth, their blood is not red. It's going to be some sort of neon color. That's how we identify so, aliens on cinema. And, and this movie, I think, uh, despite it being next to last year's, has my favorite predator kill uh, with the hallway. Uh, when, when the, oh, yeah. That, and that that is like the standout moment yeah. that I feel like I haven't quite seen in other movies before. And I will describe yeah. it if you don't remember. Uh, there is kind of like a, a quote-unquote hallway scene, but I think it's more of like a long hole that's bored into like a building. So yeah. it's kind of like a, an alien hallway, if you yeah. will. And there is there is a, a predator. Is the predator fighting an alien at that moment, or is the predator fighting a human at that moment? I think moment? he's I think fi- it's fighting it. I think it's fighting it's the aliens, predator. Okay. It's the aliens, alien the pre- dog, or the alien predator, one of the, one of the three. The pre- oh, I remember now. The predator is like fighting aliens in like this bored-out tube, and there's like these two aliens that are crawling along the tube towards him and I think he has run out of ammo or something so he takes out like his badass like blade frisbee he throws it down the hallway like slicing the aliens in half and that that on its own is like pretty cool right and then like you know the the frisbee just goes off into the distance thinking like okay that's enough for the frisbee it's done we're not going to see it for the rest of the movie but then we cut the characters like in the normal kind of hallway of this hospital just like rounding a corner just minding their own goddamn business and all all of a sudden the frisbee flies from left to camera and just nails this one chick like right to the wall and it's just like i've never quite seen like collateral damage yeah. quite like that because it's not like the predator was aiming for her she was just the quintessential wrong place right. wrong time it, yeah and, and again i always say that's my, my favorite thing because it's like you know you don't expect it right like you're like okay he threw something you're never gonna see this again and uh-huh. then you don't like when you think of collateral damage you think of like oh this is somebody within splash damage of alien blood melting this is not mm-hmm. a literal fly, fleeing blade but like it is a, it's just a brutal death and i absolutely love that small like 15 second sequence in this movie uh, i feel like that's well, like if you were like to rank it that's the <laughs> highlight of the movie just watch it you've seen this movie yeah, that's like a whole other ranking system, right? We just yeah. rank our like favorite bits from all of these movies. Yeah. But small is also another good thing to point out of the scale of the scene, too. Because you always forget like these predators and aliens are so much bigger than humans. And so this frisbee that basically would fit in the predator's hand, it's like the size of like a freaking tire, right? A car tire that like nails this, this chick to the wall. So anyway, aliens, predator, requiem, at least there was like there was some bits that you could take out of it and enjoy. So yeah. that gets second to last. And then we get into, I don't know, maybe this would be slightly controversial. I don't know. This was the first time I had seen it. It's Predator 2, the original sequel, straight out of 1990. Um, I would say, uh, for what it's worth, it's it's a it's good. It's good for what it is as a Predator film. But I feel like you're kind of hitting that same kind of like late '80s, early '90s like nostalgia for me with it. But you're just not quite reaching kind of like the same just effectiveness that the original film did. So even though you're having a good time, it's just like oh, you kind of just wish you were back in the jungle with Arnold the whole time. Um, But I will say, there is something in this movie that I have never quite experienced before, and I was not ready for it. The first 15 minutes of this film is just a cacophony of 80s, 90s gunfire. And if you remember what guns sounded like in movies back in the day, they just sound like huge freaking cannons going off. 
And it just happens like that. At the beginning of the movie, there's this crossfire between the LAPD and these gangs, and they're shooting guns back and forth. And I would there is no lack of ammo. These guns are going off consistently constantly for 15 minutes and it almost gets to the point where it's funny because characters need to have dialogue at the beginning they're like talking to each other they're trying to strategize they're yelling over the hail of bullets and there's like reporters and like citizens like awkwardly way too close to the action for all of these bullets going on like i couldn't believe it like i cannot imagine seeing this movie in theaters and then finally when you get a breath from like the bullets like your ears would just be ringing like it was it was I've never quite experienced something like that. And I would put it in the positive column, though. I'm not saying I always want to watch a movie that's consistent gunfire, but I was like, okay, this is a unique experience that I haven't really felt in a movie before. So I would say that is a positive for it. Um, I'm glad I watched this movie because I didn't realize that the ending scene where Danny Glover is handed an artifact shows up again. (laughs) Yes, it shows up again in another Predator movie. And maybe I'll kind of... um, I'll bury the lead a little bit on that one. I don't want to spoil it too much. But I would say Predator 2 uh, in the fifth slot out of seven. After that, we go to Alien vs. Predator. I would say this this side of the ranking scale are probably movies I would enjoy watching again. And I thought Alien vs. Predator was fun. It kind of feels like you're you're getting uh, riffs from the director on um, the, the thing because you're getting that kind of uh, Arctic you know, kind of sci-fi horror setting. And we finally get to see the Predators and Aliens fight each other for the first time. This movie takes Mm -hmm. place in 2004. So yes, there are computer special effects, but there are a lot of practical things happening as well still in this film. So you kind of get that fun nostalgia of uh, special effects, uh, practical filmmaking in Alien vs. Predator. It's also, of the two movies, it tries to be... Um, connected, like right, it includes the same the same actor who plays the alien or the robot in Alien One as like his uh, human form, like his human base in this movie. So it's really mm-hmm. like I know it's your favorite director, Mike, who does all the Resident Evil movies, but like <laughs> it's still like it's trying, like he he's trying to make it connected to these universes and make it make sense. But at the end of the day, it's still got a hell of a nice battle at the end of the movie, which is fun. Yeah surprisingly it doesn't feel like a gimmick where i would say alien vs predator requiem feels more like a gimmick to me mm-hmm. so uh coming up on the top three number three 2010's predators uh we talked about it a little bit more at length a couple weeks ago on the oh, yeah. podcast so i'll keep it short just a great cast interesting setting this is the first time like humans had gone to a different like planet to fight the predator so like they're totally fish out of water and you think the scales would be totally shifted against them but like i feel like the story like really pushes through and there's some cool awesome scenes there's like a a samurai showdown that's just great uh towards the third act of this Mm -hmm. film so predators solidly at number three and then of course so we got number one and number two so this was a little bit of like a a struggle, right? Do you give the original Predator the number one slot or not, right? Is is it effectively the best Predator movie? Does it just get bonus points because it's the first one that kicks off the franchise? You know, where exactly do you put it? And I'll go ahead and say it. Predator is number one, mm-hmm. which puts Prey, the newest film, at number two. And I just watched Prey the other day, and it was great. 
uh, an amazing setting. Uh, I love that it kind of takes place in the past. That's the best part about this Predator franchise is these Predators have just always kind of existed uh, throughout humanity. So you can just kind of make these movies whenever you want and they make sense because you don't have to set up the Predator too much. They're just they're just yeah. big trophy hunters, right? And you never know when they could show up on Earth. So I think it was 17, like 64 or something like that. I don't remember the exact dates, but, you know, we have the... Um, they they're not Cherokee. Yeah, no, I think the Coman- kids of Comanche Nation. Com- uh, Comanche, yeah, yeah. Comanche, uh, Comanche. Uh, uh, I guess, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a tri- Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So it's literally. Um, I, I guess it's funny because I think to me uh, the prey predator franchise uh, suffers the same thing as Star Trek. The odd number ones are good, and like if you go in like <laughs> release order, like every other one of these is enjoyable, right? Like Predator, good prey or Predator Two, okay. Alien vs. Predator, we're back. Alien vs. Predator, no. Uh, Predator, um, <laughs> was it Predators? The 2010 yep, one? Predators. Great. Pred- the Predator, no. Prey, great. It, it's, it's very <laughs> interesting to watch it wane back and forth uh, with these releases, right? Um, but yeah, yeah, I think the, but... the Prey suffered, the biggest suffering Prey had is knowing it's a Predator movie from the trailer. I think if we'd gone into that without knowing it, it would have been that, I think it would have probably even outdone the Predator um, actual movie. I think by, yeah, that by could have been holding that surprise. Yeah, that could have been really fun, but who knows? Uh, there is a, definitely a struggle out there for attention and eyeballs. So, you know, it would have been harder to get people to watch an original streaming movie on Hulu for sure, unless you connect it to the Predator franchise. But who knows? Maybe they could have got that X factor of like the, you know the first weekend it came out. People start writing buzz and articles about it. Oh, it was a secret Predator movie, and it's great. Maybe more people want to watch it. But I think it did do gangbuster numbers for Hulu. Uh, if I remember right after it released. But yeah, it's yeah. a great movie. Some awesome, awesome Predator kills in this film. Uh, I tried to watch it dubbed in the in the uh, Comanche language, but it's kind of this weird thing in my head where it's originally filmed in English, which I think is fine. They know that the majority of their audience is going to be English-speaking, so they, they had yeah. the character speak English. Uh, but when it's dubbed in Comanche, even by the same actors, it's strange because their mouths are, you know, they're still moving towards the yeah. English word. So my brain just couldn't quite, like, focus on it, so I just switched back to the um, original <laughs> English version of the film film but it's it's great yeah. amazing predator kills a cool predator design they look a little bit different um the helmets were a little different the technology was similar but has some uniqueness i sent this text to chris that i think the most underrated thing about like the predators in general is their goos i love their little goo vials they got a vial for everything it can dissolve things it can be um can be like a medicine could be like a welding or something like that i'm right. fascinated with the predator uh goose but yeah, yeah it was a great film the only the only downside i would say is since we're focusing a lot on mother nature kind of in this film there's a lot of animals involved i would say more in the first act of the film and they just don't look as good to me when they're fully computer mm-hmm. animated and generated yeah. like there, there's a scene where like we kind of see the predator kind of slowly work its way through the animal kingdom like it starts yeah. off like killing snakes then a wolf and then a bear the bear fights really really cool really intense yeah. it's fighting a bear obviously it has to be fully cg in order to do that but there's even like little scenes where like oh there's like a rattlesnake that kills a rat and then the predator yeah. kills the snake and it's just like a just a, kind of like a big cg scene yeah. So, you know, I guess there's not much you can really do about that, but that's just kind of nitpicking overall. 
Prey was great. A close second to obviously the original Predator. It's kind of hard to beat the machismo in that film. You know, not a, a lot of there's a lot of great films out there in the world, Chris, but only a handful of them ever get to be iconic. And you can't argue that the original Predator is not iconic. So I think that's so, why it gets to the number one slot. It's well-deserved. Well, I also know you like the, you like the handshake uh, between mm-hmm. uh, Arnold and um, Carl Weathers. I know that, that that's, that's mm-hmm. cute, cool. To me, that movie really starts at the log bridge, right? Like everything leading up to that movie, like about the saving the people in the village, like none of that really ma- Like I always forget that. Like you could just start the movie where they're crossing the bridge to get back to the helicopter and then that they're, um, I believe the Native American person on the squad turns around and goes back in to the forest. I'm like, this is where the movie really starts for me. Um, mm-hmm. The rest of it, I just, I don't forget. Because like you said, it's it's forgettable because, you know, it's it's a man, ver- it's a hunter versus the hunted kind of thing. And it's, it's really, you know, really, really good. But I think, you know, to to your point, like I said a couple weeks ago, um, Prey is a, a fantastic um it's not a modernization because technically it's hundreds of years in the past. It's just very cool to see that kind of crossover uh, with that. So I, I, I agree. It was, it was very, I, I agree with your rankings. Um, probably if I look, I'm looking at it again here, double checking. Yeah, these are probably okay. Yeah. So anything? yeah, there's even a, uh, there's a bit of an after credit scene in a way for prey where they yeah. kind of give you um, tribal kind of drawings while the credits roll mm-hmm. that kind of recap what you watched in the movie. And at the very end, they tack on an extra drawing of kind of like, Oh, there's more predator ships that could possibly arrive. Well, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that there's a sequel. I'm curious what they would do. Would we stick with the exact yeah. same characters? You know, would, you know, since obviously uh, colonizers are coming across the continent yeah. uh, in this film, you know, is there, are they going to throw more of that into the next so, one? I, I'd, I'd, lo- I'd love to see a sequel. Well, I, I would too, but I'm, I mean, you know, no spoilers here for the, for this movie. Um, but I think, I think you do another time period. I, I honestly think the the paintings depict what does happen rather than what's going to happen. Um, and I think they just need to pick, like, you know, it preys, like, here's, um, their predators have been coming to Earth for, for, for decades, years, hundreds of years, thousands of years. Can we try another era, right? Or another, like, um, kind of... I guess what 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 does a predator in Russia look like, right? Maybe maybe one gets dropped off in a gulag in the twenties or something like that. Like, what does that look like? It sounds to me, it sounds like you're uh, setting up a kind of an Assassin's Creed franchise yeah. here. And, and that's kind yeah, of what we just that's what this new... is, right? Because it's kind of all over the mm-hmm. place. So, but it would be I would love to see like a predator video game, right? I feel like uh-huh. they really nailed what it's like to be next to like Xenomorphs with Alien Isolation, that survival horror game. Mm-hmm. I would love to see something like that with Predator. I mean, I don't know what would be more fun gameplay-wise. Would it be more fun to be the Predator? Would it be more fun to be the human trying to survive well, against like the odds? Yeah. Or you know, maybe there's some sort of like online co-op. I know that there's that. that what's that? Dead Dead Before Daylight? Is that the uh, game? Yeah, or? Death, uh, yeah. I think it's Death by Daylight or something like that. Um, Dead by Daylight. Yeah. So I to me, I yeah. think well, my, well, yeah. Like, what if it's an asynchronous game, right? Like all those, like that. Like literally, one person is the Predator. Mm. And four people are people like, and you have to survive until you can get to the chopper or get out alive, right? Um, but the predators like setting traps and like luring you in. I think, I think that style would be awesome. Ghostbusters is doing that um, with their their upcoming game. 
Um, Dragon Ball Z actually has one called The Breakers, which is the same thing. So in places a villain, four people are just normal humans. Um, or characters trying to survive. I think that would be great for, for a Predator franchise. Um, and then literally you yeah. give them... Because there are so many different... You, you look at a Predator, you're like, that's a Predator. But there are different variations in those Predators, right? And you kind of see them here and there. Um, if you go to the Wikipedia section, you can t- check more. But if you are a big fan of the Predator, I believe it's Mortal Kombat 10 or maybe... Yeah, 10 has a uh, Predator and Aliens pack. So you can play as the Predator or Aliens in Mortal Kombat 10. So that's a, that's an older game. So you can probably pick that up pretty cheap, Mike, if you wanted to. So anything else? You done with this? I, we, we talked about it that's before it. the show. We think our Predator next... Uh, franchise is wrapped. Our, our next um, test might be a Hellraiser franchise since the new one just dropped on, on Hulu. So... Yeah, Catch, no way I'm watching of, all of Hellraiser. Yeah, uh, not gonna watch eleven of those, but I've never seen Hellraiser before, so it might be kind of fun just to it's, watch it and then tune back in. It's spooky season. We we gotta we gotta we gotta get those movies on here. I'm trying. I have um. I told Mike there's a there's another movie we'll talk about later. I'm gonna watch, but I think I think it's we got a couple weeks of spooky movies if you're you guys are into that kind of thing. All right, well, let's jump into news. This is this is the important part of the show here. Uh, so first up, foremost, everyone's very highly anticipated movie, El Muerto. Uh, you might be <laughs> asking, what the hell's El Muerto, Chris? Oh, yeah, this is that Spider-Man spinoff movie uh, that uh, Sony announced that focused on El Muerto, the uh, enhanced wrestler who worked with Spider-Man in, like, three issues of comics ever. Um, they've added a director... Uh, Jonas Quaron, who is the son of Alfonso Quaron, um, Academy Award-winning director, uh, and they've also hired Gareth Dunn-Alcosser, who worked on the Blue Beetle script, and wrote it, is also writing the script. So it feels like um, they're still threatening us with this movie, Mike. Uh, and <laughs> this is even closer to, to fruition than, than we maybe anticipated. Yeah, I I feel I just don't have much to say no. about this one at ha- this present moment. <laughs> have you Have you watched Bullet Train yet? No. Okay. Not so yet. so so the actor who's going to be El Muerto, Bad Bunny, right? The uh, the music artist. Uh, he his first big acting role was in Bullet Train. He's actually really good in that movie. I, I really, as a character, really really impressed with him in that movie. And I don't know if he'd be bulky enough to be a like you know a luchador wrestler, but. I really enjoyed him in that, and I would like to see him in a movie. But like this, just this is a very weird thing to to create out of all the characters you have under your belt at, at Sony. So um, this seems to be a very competent team here, Mike. Um, the uh, Jonas Quaron, his his last movie, or maybe one of his first movies, was in twenty fifteen with um, the guy who played Werewolf by Night, uh, the actor. So um, he's got a little bit of a little bit of street cred there. Not much else, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted as that gets closer to release date. Uh, moving on, Avatar. Mike, um, the the uh, producer of those movies, uh, not James Cameron, the actual other producer, has said that they've already shot the first act for the fourth film. Um, so two's not even out. Three, I believe, was shot in tandem with two. But uh, I didn't think they'd be this far ahead on four yet. Uh, so, yeah, I... What would you want out of four Avatar movies, Mike? Like, what do you, what are we expecting <laughs> by the by the fourth movie here? Isn't there supposed to be a fifth a fifth one, right? Aren't yeah. they scheduled out through yeah. five? Through five, yeah. I mean, one, you know, get it totally understand. Two is the way of water. Three is probably going to be a very quick follow up to to two, right? Like you know, way of water. You know, pick another element, the way of air. I don't know. Uh, like, 
I don't know where this is going enough to feel comfortable saying like, yeah, go ahead and film a fourth one when we haven't even seen two or three. <laughs> um, well, like we've said before, don't count James Cameron short. Mm-hmm. He's got some of the highest grossing movies on the planet under his belt. And, uh, man, it's been a minute since I've seen Terminator 2, right? Uh, that is a seminal movie to my childhood. So uh, that's from Cameron himself. Yeah, uh, it's John Landau is a producer of this. He said this. Um, he's also said that they've, uh, even though they've already filmed the first act for the fourth movie, it's weird because you don't normally film movies in order, right? Like you don't film them by acts or scenes. Like you film them mm-hmm. best production schedule. So maybe it's a test. They have planned out the rest of the movie. So maybe they're um, still adjusting the film based on how people react to two and three, or mostly two probably. Um, but the biggest question here is, I don't know who the director is on this. And I say this... Because we assume it's James Cameron, but James Cameron said he might want to step away from doing all the Avatar movies, right? Like, he he hasn't done all the Terminator films. So, who's I would not be surprised if there's another director doing this um, for the fourth movie while James Cameron finishes up two and three, you know, in the studio. Um, I don't even know who I'd want to put in there to this because we haven't seen it. But, uh, yeah, it's just it's wild to think they're already on four after, you know, 13 years of not even having another one at all mm-hmm. um my goal uh even though we, we said we were wanted to watch avatar in theaters uh would to be just to get a good copy of the 4k one at home and watch it when it comes out the original so um yeah avatar 2 coming up in december we'll let you guys know more when that gets closer as well uh it the, the news that's i don't know how to take this mike um but you know sherlock holmes is in the public domain i don't know if you know that or not um as a, as a character yes. so his other characters are so they are doing a tv show called watson and it will apparently pick up after sherlock is murdered by moriarty now uh you dun, may dun, dun. you may or may not know in the original um sherlock's home books uh sherlock was killed by moriarty until like fans outcried after the book and like the i guess the, the writer i can't think of his name off the top of my head um it's like on the tip of my tongue uh backtracked it and you kind of reverted that a little bit but it sounds like this show will be a medical drama with detective elements uh the biggest question i had here is is this connected to anything we know when is this even set i don't know the era but uh it will be written by craig sweeney who wrote the first five seasons i believe of elementary that modern sherlock uh movie or series Mm -hmm. right that had a was it um it was on TV, like CBS or ABC or something. Yeah, I remember this show. Uh, Elementary kind of came out of the popularity of the BBC Sherlock show. Like yeah. that sh- that show was really it, popping off in America. It, and then I think it's like a CBS show or something. Yeah. Like, we got to get our own. Well, it was the Robert Downey Jr. ones. They did the second one and they were like, well, we don't have plans for a third one yet. And then you know, the BBC one was also hot. So they're like, what, what can we do? Let's make this modern day... Um, you know, Sherlock movie. It's got that actress who was um, uh, Lucy Liu, right? Who was who was in mm-hmm. that one as well so as the the, the foil. But uh, the show is not related to any existing Sherlock properties. So uh, Watson will not feature any characters we know or have seen before. Um, but it, I, I, I don't know. Do you think they're gonna do like one of those things where Sherlock's really not dead, like a season or two into it to get more ratings? They're like, hey. We lied. He was in hiding the whole time kind of thing. Who knows? I mean, th- this feels like it's got net- network drama kind mm-hmm. of written written all over it. Oh, so. yeah. N- no no rules there. 
Yeah, I, I, I actually did not put down who is picking this up um, at all. So I was going to take a look at it. Oh, it's CBS. Yep, you're right. It's CBS, Mike. So, again, uh, this one will be another CBS. CBS just loves their Sherlock. So there you go. Other shows, I didn't. I guess I didn't know this was happening, or maybe I forgot about it, but Justice U uh, is a uh, Diggle-led spinoff of the CW shows that he was in, Mike. Um, and apparently this is still in the works, uh, according to, um, is it is his name John Ram John Ramsey, uh, the actor, um, as of this week. So uh, apparently Diggle will recruit younger metahumans to train them as heroes of tomorrow, and they're going to go undercover into some sort of school system. Whether I think it like might be a university college. So um, boy, I thought we were I done mean, with I, these style shows. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know this is pointless to say because mm-hmm. Hollywood is a business and they're looking for money, right? But that's kind of what this feels like to me at this point in time, right? They're like, hey, we want to add some more shows to our lineup while the, C- while the CW, you know, is still a functioning channel on on, uh, on TV because who knows how long that's going to stay in place for, right? So just make up a new superhero show. doesn't really matter how many seasons it, it runs. We're you know, we already pre-sold the ad spots, you know, fit this budget and we'll be good to go. And we'll keep this train going for maybe another year or so. But yeah, it doesn't seem like to me, at least as far as I know, if anybody out there is still like a really big CW superhero watcher, really invested, I think really just Superman and Lois is the only thing that's left that I think has quality to it. Right. I don't know Mm -hmm. how much else is still running. You know, if Uh, if uh, the flash is any well, the Flash is ending at least, so maybe they'll put and it's on a shorter episode season, so maybe they'll mm-hmm. go out with a bang. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just curious if there's any strategy even mm-hmm. that you could glean from anything that's left so, out there, right? You know, I I would think like, oh, if this is a strategy, this is a way to build up new heroes and spin them off into their own show. So, but the, I don't know. Th- this news came on um, heels that the the C the president of the CW who's been there for since like the arrow and flash and like push all these shows, he left this week. So that's why they had to come out and say the show was still in the works. So I think, I think this is like the lat, like it might get two or three seasons. Star girl's still out there. Right. Um, you know, I hear it's doing really well. Uh, and like I said, Superman versus Lois, they've not, neither of those have been canceled yet, but to add another one in after they're, they've kind of like pulled everything else back is kind of weird. Right. Like, especially this one, because Nothing against the character Diggle, um, but like it's just kind of he. I don't. He was never leading character material, right? Like he's always he's always a sidekick, though. So um, I don't know. It's this this weird. This feels very Jeff. This feels very Jeff Loby, right? Remember yeah. when he left and he still had some properties oh, yeah. kind of like dangling out there, and then they just kind of all got cut. Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, and, and I guess maybe um, the the actor. Um, what what what's his whatever Diggle's actor name? He directed has directed a lot of episodes of like The Flash or Legends of Tomorrow. Like he's still been around, right? Like helping with this stuff. So maybe maybe this is like a good faith kind of thing. Like hey, you know you've we've I've helped you. You you know make these shows. We're we're doing them. Can I have like at least one season of this? But I just don't see you know with Gotham Knights getting greenlit as well. Um, I I don't know what these are going to be like um, and why they shouldn't go to HBO max, which kind of brings us to our next topics. This is literally fresh news, Mike. I literally got this news while we were sitting here and you saw me type them into our show notes. Um, 
Uh, Titans and Doom Patrol Season 4, Part 1 of Titans is dropping November 3rd, 2022 on HBO Max. And Doom Patrol Season 4, Part 1 is dropping December 8th, 2022 on HBO Max. So they are now, um, HBO Max seems to be retooling these and calling them both Part 1s um, for their season. So maybe they're going to drop what they have done and then wait to drop the other parts. Because I don't have those dates yet uh, as well. So, um, but they they are all... They seem... Well, go ahead. I was going to say, it seems like they've survived the the Zavlov chopping block mm-hmm. that's been going through the entirety of Warner uh, HBO chopping what's not working. So it seems like it's working for them, at least statistically, on the back end of uh, the well, streaming the, service. My guess is they couldn't get a tax write-off because if they're debuting in November next month, uh, in December, they probably already had them filmed uh, by the time he took over. So um, I don't know if we're going to get it, but, it, you know, they are doing weekly episodes on these. So um, if you're into weekly television, you can go check out Titans and Doom Patrol weekly um, on there. Uh, have you have you caught up on any of these? I know you were trying to watch Titans for a while there. No, I mean, we, Chris and I were talking uh, off mic before we uh, started recording that, like, there's so there's like we say all the time. There is so much stuff that even the really good stuff that we had planned on watching still gets put into a hopper, and we haven't got around to watching it all yet. So, unfortunately, Titans and Doom Patrol, I feel like if you want to be a DC series, right, that kind Mm -hmm. of makes it into my must-watch list nowadays, you're going to have to be directly tied to, like, some sort of movie, right? You know, kind of a la Peacemaker, right? Something that's, like, got the star power in it to really make me go, okay, I'll turn off my, you know, billion dollar acquisition of Lord of the Rings TV show and switch over to your show to watch it. One of those yeah. things. And I don't think it's um necessarily a quality issue for these, but like, you know, it's a yeah. kind of a, will they, won't they like, if is it going to, is this show relevant or is it going to just kind of be blipped out of existence, if you will, at, at a moment by some crazy person running your network? Um, yeah. The, the best thing that could happen, the best thing that happened out of this, you know, they announce, you know, their final seasons whenever they're going to be. They wrap up the story in a very satisfactory way, and then one day in the future, you know, when I'm just like needing something to binge watch, like, mm-hmm. oh, honey, let's watch Doom Patrol. You know, it has yeah. five seasons, and they're all really good, and it comes to a satisfying ending. Yeah, Doom Patrol, I think it would be because I've watched most of it. Um, probably my most interesting. Titans, not so much. However. Um, they, they did say, I, I'm seeing the trailer description here for, for Titan season where they've added, um, uh, uh, actor Titus Welliver. He's like in Bosch and, and some other shows. Mm-hmm. He was in the, Mar- he was in the MCU for a little bit. Um, he is playing Lex Luthor in this upcoming season. So, um, I don't know if that's enough to get me into Titans, but at least they're throwing some bigger names at the show rather than just like, Hey, we've got, you know, um, I don't, I don't know garbage pail kid or something weird like that it's like they're they're like oh we're gonna pull like you know a superman's nemesis into this uh so i've got to kind of follow that up a little bit more but i am excited to kind of see what doom patrol does again we are in the brandon fraser sauce right like he's he's getting accolades for the whale uh he was in batgirl before it got buried uh more than six foot deep and now he's you know he's the voice of robot man in this or is it robot man machine man I don't know what I think is. so. It's one of those two. So anyway, those were just announced. So those are fresh, hot off the press. But we're going to see in the DC universe for just a little bit more, Mike. We want to talk about Superman. Superman, Superman. The 
character that has literally pulled DC forward for, what, almost 100 years, and they still haven't put out another movie for him in over on almost 10. Uh, the biggest um, rumor this weekend is, or this week, is that Henry Cavill has rumored to strike a deal to get his own Superman movie again. So he is he's back in the fold at Warner Brothers, Discovery, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and this kind of stems on the back of that he will appear, rumored, reportedly, in Black Adam, The Rock's movie. And uh, I, I would not be surprised if The Rock takes credit for bringing Henry Cavill back as Superman in like a month after this movie comes out. <laughs> yeah, you can already you can already see the two of them, right? Like uh, uh, shaking hands like on The Rock's Instagram account, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get those. Uh, they're, uh, they're putting up their uh, fake fists, man. Because like, The Rock, he's like, I want to fight Superman. The Black Adam wants to fight Superman. Uh, I, I mean, if this is true, I guess that's great because you know, Black Adam, the movie is being pitched as someone who is like as strong as Superman, but without morals, right? That's what it looks like. So, rather than showing Henry Cavill's suit without his head again for like the eighth time, um, you bring him into it. I think that's fine, right? Like, even if you don't use him again, but you, that would be awesome if this is true and we'd get a Superman uh, solo movie announcement. I think that'd be really, really you know hype for for the dc universe mike yeah who who knows it's so it's yeah. so hard it's so hard to be excited yeah. about anything anymore wow what a, what a depressing old man i've become right yeah yeah that was very vague and very depressing i mean let's come on now. <laughs> get with it uh but yeah i know we have superman fans so if um yeah if we get something good as like i said just a solo superman movie would be fantastic so maybe we'll see what we can get uh, on the flip side of that, The Flash has reportedly done some last-minute pickup shots. And pickup shots are not reshoots, by the way. They're not reshoots. They're like, hey, we got the wrong angle, or we need to get a new angle on a shot. But apparently, this movie is picture-locked, Mike. Do you know what that means? That means it, it's uh, it's in the can, if you will. Yes. There you go. They're, well, <laughs> close, close, very close. There's only sound and VFX shots to be added. So they're not. there's no more principal photography no more ezra miller on set uh this is going to be good to go so they're just going to finalize the the effects and the sound and it'll be good to go now sources rumors have have been telling me i don't have it in here but that um that at the end of this movie michael keaton will still be the main batman going forward uh, like they plan to do it and ezra miller's fate is still unknown so um i i i wish i was the Flash is like the most exciting movie aspect coming out of DC, and I'm not excited about it. Kind of like to, to echo yeah. your previous sentiment. Yeah, the funniest prank that – not even prank, but I think just the funniest thing that they could do is uh, cast another actor to be Barry – Mm-hmm. And slowly throughout, like, you know, the two-hour runtime of the film, just start slowly, like, deep-faking the new actor's face onto it. So it's just like, oh, why does Ezra Miller look so strange in the middle of the second act of this film? Like, it kind of, he doesn't even look like himself anymore. And then by the end of the movie, it's like, oh, it's just a different actor. They slowly acclimated me to a new face, and now we can just move along. It won't happen, but it would no. just be funny. No, yeah, I, I think the the the... To me, the big reveal is like maybe the evil Barry lives, and we we, we don't know it. Like, like hey, we're gonna have Ezra Miller, but he's the bad Ezra Miller, so we can kill him <laughs> off um, in, in in whatever movie we want to have him in or TV show. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I I'm after Black Adam. We have uh, what's what's that? Um, Shazam two right next spring, and then this movie next summer. Um, I just 
I just don't know what to think. I, I want to know more about it. I've, that first trailer we had, what, two years ago was awesome. Uh, with When they, they were showing the two berries and Supergirl and they're in the Batcave. So I'd like to see some more. Maybe we can get some soon. Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Uh, got its first trailer this week after uh, Ooh, people. This this was this was the news of the week, right? This was yeah. all over my timeline. So much so I forgot that the Black Panther trailer dropped, well, which we'll it, talk about next. I think if it was the first Black Panther trailer, we'd have a different conversation. But since that was the second one, mm-hmm. Super Mario definitely you know had had a had had a lot to prove. It's got a lot to prove because the original voice casting announcements people were kind of up in arms over, right? Um, way back mm. when. And I will say, watching this trailer, it's an oddly paced trailer. It's 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 weird on, on what it does. It doesn't give us anything story-wise. Um, and it kind of starts off slow and then picks up. But it doesn't mean it's bad. I'm absolutely having a great time looking at this and even like calling out some of the Mario references along the way, right? So. Yeah, it was interesting. I was curious, you know, what was it going to look like? Because, you know, if you are lucky enough to, like, see, like, you know, Mario cutscenes, right, for video games or, like, promotional animations where you kind of get to see, like, a fully rendered, like, Mario and world, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, is it just going to look like that? But, no, Illumination found a way to kind of make this look cinematic you know so it doesn't just look like you're in a uh, nintendo cutscene, right the the character designs at least for mario are slightly different i think like his eye placement is like his eyes are like a little bit smaller and he's a little taller isn't he he yeah they're a little differently placed so at least you you can kind of tell like your your brain kind of already kind of starts to acclimate itself to like okay this is like a different kind of property i'm in a slightly different headspace which worked well bowser looked amazing Uh, i totally forgot that it was jack black he's he's putting on a great voice he's doing a great like menacing bowser it's not apparent it's jack black until like maybe the end when he's talking about getting he's like no one can stop me i'm like oh that's jack black but before that i'm like who is doing this voice? They're doing a great job as Bowser. Like this is how I imagined him sounding in my head. If, if, yeah, if he was I, doing it. Yeah, really. This was like a, a very much a teaser trailer at heart because it's essentially kind of like two scenes like stitched mm-hmm. together with like a little uh, a little bit of Luigi running away yeah. from some um, from what are the bones? dry bones? They're dry bones. The bone turtles. They're dry bones. Dry bones yeah. running away from some of them towards the very end, and yeah. you don't really get to hear Charlie Day that much, but you, you, it's yeah. funny you can almost like hear Charlie Day's exasperated like uh, sounds, yeah, uh, which is pretty funny. But uh, the, the biggest the biggest thing that we we we've yet to talk about is the double-edged sword that is chris pratt's chris pratt's voice in this trailer it's really difficult too because he essentially i think i counted the words it's like seven or nine words that he says uh the first half just sound like chris pratt the second half it kind of sounds like yeah. there's a little bit of a new york accent yes ex- that's exactly because i think this is a poor example of his mario voice because when he lands, like I'm like, oh, this is just the Lego Movie voice. Like he's doing his Emmett voice, like the whole way through this, boo. But when he does mm-hmm. the second one, it is more, it's less Chris Pratt and more New Yorkian, like kind of thing. Like and he hides it a little better there, like his voice. And I'm like, this is a really weird way to like put the internet at ease. Um, yeah, I'm of like but, three. I'm of like three sets of minds right now. The first one was like you just said. This was just a bad outing. 
to show us what Chris Pratt was going to be like as Mario, we will have obviously better examples of what his Mario voice will sound like, I'm sure, moving forward, because that was a lot of the marketing we got at least out of kind of like Chris Pratt, like in interviews, like, oh, you're going to, you're not going to believe this new voice that I've cooked up for Mario, right? So uh, we haven't really gotten a good example of what that's supposed to be. Uh, The second bucket that I'm in is uh, that was Chris Pratt the best choice, right? Or is he just the most famous actor that you could get attached to your movie, you know, to get the biggest box office draw for a Mario movie, right? Should the IP of Mario kind of not finally being turned into the movie, but like kind of really being taken seriously for the first time in cinema, we need a, a similar actor of like weight to match that gravitas. So maybe like, it was Chris Pratt the best idea? I don't know. But the the third bucket is I it was never gonna be the original Mario voice, people. Right. I cannot listen to that original no, Mario voice yeah. for two plus hours no. unless you make the character essentially m- mute. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I'm not going to be able to take any line delivered seriously in that silly little Mario voice. It's great for so, a, a character, yeah. but he, he there's not enough range of emote. And I'm not saying the voice actor couldn't attempt to do it. Like, I'm sure the voice actor that does Mario is in, yeah. insanely talented, but, like, that voice is specifically catered two video games i don't want to listen to it for two hours or more like more likely 90 minutes you know yeah charles martinet uh, who is a voice actor yeah he doesn't have a lot of go like he does video game voice acting but if you go look at his actual work work it, it's not a lot of other than mario and like occasional characters in there uh, i played mario party superstars this weekend with my um with my in-laws and I I I shoot myself before listening to Mario and Luigi his voice uh, like that for for the whole movie. Like it was it's it's fine in small doses, but like I literally he's like yeah it's Mario time. I'm like no stop. I, I couldn't do this. I would it, I'd be nails on a chalkboard. So I agree with you there. Um, I, I'm gonna lean in to say you know Nintendo has very very precious of their um mario ip right or all of their ips right since the original disaster that is super mario brothers from 1993 and um, that's fine they're allowed to do that i think a couple things here with illumination they've done really well this this is this is a beautiful movie for animation right like i think the detail is there the hair and mario's mustache the you know even down to the detail in um the teeth on bowser uh, very very well done i love the mushroom world right it looks great the music's there they even do that very epic piano version of the super mario theme song um i need to see how the story plays out i think it'll be fine uh i i do notice that they are adding modulation or at least some some effects over the voice actors so far um kegel mike and kegel uh, keegan michael key is the toad voice right and they've they've done Mm. something to his voice there because i'm like i hear him but there is a modulation like a higher pitched modulation over him or, or sped up or something uh, so very excited for that. Um, it, it just looks fun. I think the you know there's going to be the humor there because you know like the the penguins all roll out in full force and they think they're doing lots of damage to Bowser and then it zooms out and they're just hitting him with like light snowballs is is pretty hilarious. Mm. So I think this is going to be just fine. Um, will it break you know um, records or like be the best com- or video game movie ever made, Mike? I know we talked about that last week. I don't think so. But I think it'll be a competent one at the end of the day. I think I think there's enough people who like again Nintendo have enough stake in this. 
the the illumination team they've probably got a lot writing on this i think it'll be fine at the end of the day maybe not the best thing in the world but still still okay right i, I think i think we can agree with that um throughout mm. it but i i couldn't see any other you know um uh, well other than the, the luigi scene is like a um homage to luigi's haunted mansion video games i thought that was a little a fun little little reference there at the end when he's running away from the the bones into the castle kind of thing mm-hmm. um is there any like uh, to me you know this looks like it's pulling out of mario the original mario's for nintendo and super nintendo is there do you see have any desire to see like mario galaxy like when they're going to different worlds or any like the newer mario stuff like when they're in like new donk city and it's like a human city like what do you, what do you think like is uh what do you want to see in this to uh, make you happy i would assume that they go uh classic uh, for the most part, whenever they can. I mean, yeah. the franchise has been around for so long. Like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be great for them, referential wise, right? You know, you could just like chalk it full of like little Easter eggs through like the video game world, and they'll have plenty of content to do multiple sequels for sure. So I don't really know if um, uh, so many, many people know much about New Donk City because I haven't played that Mario game myself, but. Yeah. You know, it could be kind of funny, maybe in a sequel, you know, show Mario next to, like, a real-life person. And that's kind of what, yeah, and that's kind of what it is. New Donk City is, like, that hyper-realistic look, right? And and he does exist in the games next to, like, actual tall people, which is which is weird. But, um, you know, I think we're going to get the, you know, we've seen the staple. There's pipes, there's mushrooms, there's Bowser's Flying Fortress. I would love to see um, Bowser's kids, right? Like, like he's got, like, a dozen kids in the games, like... Why does Bow like who who is Mrs. Bowser and why does she have all these kids with him? I think that would be hilarious uh, reveal for that. But yeah, I mean, I, I honestly I don't have a lot of bad things to say about it. it look, it looked fine. It looked like a Mario movie. Yeah, and it other than Chris Pratt, hopefully not sounding like Emmett from uh, the Lego Movie the whole time. I think it'll be I think it'll be okay. So um, check that out. That's coming out April seventh, twenty twenty three. Good spring movie. Like Mike said, it's uh, kind of overshadowed. Uh, overshadowed. I can't talk today. Uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever tickets did go on sale on Monday, like we talked about last week, and um, they those are available. And to do so, they also announced a new trailer or dropped a trailer with those new things to announce the tickets are on sale. And um, this one gives us the the official confirmation we all were looking for. Mike Namor has winged feet and he can fly very nimbly with his winged feet. I know everyone was wanting to nope. know. But here it is. No, it's crazy. I don't know if this is uh, necessarily um, true or not, but I watched the uh, trailer previous to this one, right? There's a short mm-hmm. scene where it kind of shows the birth of Namor. Yes. And there is like a little baby that has like That's winged him. feet yeah. on there. Yep. And I just never noticed it before. I'm sure people did like Easter egg, like articles and videos where they made a whole thumbnail, right? Where you do a red circle around that baby's ankles. Oh, yep. look, he's got the winged feet. I it never came across me. So when he had the winged feet in the trailer and he's kind of doing that flying slash like almost like invisible platform jumping that it looked like i was like that is like badass it looks so cool i love the vibe of this trailer it's like so dramatic but intense and like the action scenes look just really amazing and also like the special effects too like like they're doing like a really really good job on this there's like a beautiful shots that you know are just totally rendered in a computer that yeah. are just like looking amazing so 
man, everything is popping off on this so far. I think this movie is going to be this is going to be the best thing like Marvel has probably made since yeah. uh, Endgame. I think. Yeah, and, and what's great is number one, um, it, it's it's going to be interesting. Namor, who's like one of the longest lived comic characters, right? Like since the nineteen late thirties. Um, so he's he's a huge long comic book character. Um, it is the first, you know, Black Panther movie since the passing of Chadwick Boseman, like we've talked about, a lot, a lot of weight on his shoulders, but it's two hours and 40 minutes long. Uh, this is a very, very long movie, so, um, and it caps off phase four, so uh, I, I agree, like, you don't you don't want to end your phase on just kind of like a, you know, not not, not a, nothing against, like a Black Widow movie, right? a, a prequel that has nothing to do going forward, so um, I'm very excited to see what this, this does. Uh, you also hear um, Mbaku call him the the the, the Kukul Khan uh, is his name uh, the mm-hmm. thing that's actually uh, taken I believe out of um, Aztecian or Mayan culture one of them uh, that's actually like one of the names of like their their deities in there so like they are really really pulling that South American heritage you know into this uh, quite not just with the looks but like with the mythos and stuff like that and I, I'm very excited. Uh, to see, I, I get Namor flying and like you know zipping around was was really really cool to me. I, I got that. The last thing um, I did see on here, there's a shot of um, uh, Riri Williams, Mike, in her uh, Ironheart armor, yeah. the version one. Yeah, and it was like the uh, it's like the uh, the same that we saw with the last trailer, right? The last trailer we just got a very kind of quick glimpse of like one angle of the black panther suit in the last trailer and that's essentially what we got of this armor set right you know we just kind of got looking up at kind of like the boots as it like flies away we don't really have a full look at the costume yet but the very end of this trailer we do finally get full-on kind of confirmation in a way that the new black panther is definitely shaped like a female right you know we could we could infer very intelligently who's in the suit in yeah. that specific shot, but it very much looks like a uh, female body shape that's yeah. now in the Black Panther suit. Yeah, and easily, I mean, honestly, we could be faked out, Mike. What if there's multiple Black Panthers, right? Like, maybe since, you know, yeah. th- that's something honestly, we could easily do. That is kind of an idea that I had, right? You know, in my head of, like, while we're watching the movie, you know, this Black Panther suit, maybe different people are like kind of like trying it on in a way, or other people are busy doing other things. So like, oh, Shuri's like busy making something like technological that has to get finished or everyone's going to like die or whatever. So somebody else has to jump into the Black Panther suit. So they could just be trading it on and off until maybe somebody at the very end, like, oh, you've yeah. done the best. So you get to be the Black yeah. Panther now, something like that. Yeah. Well, it could easily be, you know, one, uh, an at home quote unquote like in Wakanda Black Panther and then like another one that's more worldly right that, that goes around and, and kind of helps other people um, like a home team and an away team yeah, jersey pretty, pretty much yeah yeah you get you get the the away team uh, Black Panther outfit but yeah I, I think you know um, seeing that was it was really cool it seems that the suit has a shock absorption right when, when they land uh, the purple goes up the legs uh, as well like from from the old suit so very very similar to the other one I, I'm excited for this. Uh, I'm trying. I don't want to dig into this too much. Um, I don't want to ruin myself on this movie, right? Because it, there's, there's, mm-hmm. it's our last Marvel movie of the year. It's the last of the phase. It's got a lot going. So I'm, I'm trying not to dig into anything beyond this. And we were a month out, so hopefully we don't have any more trailers. I do know there's a Sprite Zero promotion going on with Black Panther that has like AR stuff and QR codes you can scan on the cans. 
So, um, you know, keep your eyes out for that if you're into it. But I'm very excited. And I think I've been telling people, get your tickets now or else you're going to miss out. And the reason that is it's a two-hour and 40-minute movie, meaning you can only fit so many screens in per day, Mike. So, uh, and I remember very distinctly, remember when schools, like whole whole neighborhoods and communities were buying tickets to Black Panther 1 um, for everyone mm-hmm. to kind of go see it. So I, I think this is going to be just as big as that i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily say bigger but i think just as big uh for that throughout the whole whole thing um but yeah i i'm i'm i'm, I'm thrilled with this i mean the, um i got my tickets mike you might have not got yours yet i know you, you're probably looking oh i got them okay cool. i got them i know you did i know you did. I, i'm remembering now uh you know because uh i'm looking at our chat thread here with a uh, friend of the show quentin who, who got his so very very excited uh, let's shift gears. We're going to go into uh, the next two topics are very spoilery territory for anyone who hasn't mm-hmm. watched Werewolf by Night or is not up to date on She-Hulk. So if you've not watched Werewolf by Night, uh, pause here, go watch it, come back and listen. Uh, same with She-Hulk um, episode 8, which is we're going to talk about right after this. So let's get into Werewolf by Night. Dropped on Disney Plus Friday, Mike. Um, and this is now a Marvel special presentation. Is that what they called it, I believe, at the, at the front of it? Yeah. Um, and uh, let me tell you, uh, I know it's going to be a fun movie when they when they take the intro, uh, the the title and and music and and Halloween it up right. They spooky up the music and add werewolf mm-hmm. slashes across it. I like. I think we're in for a good time with this movie um, it, because it goes to black and white pretty quickly. Uh, I, I you know there's no need to beat around the bush. We've already talked about it, but I I had a really good time with Werewolf by Night. Um, this fifty minute. Um, kind of isolated quote-unquote one-off one-shot right uh little video here that introduces monsters to marvel uh kind of at large and um i think i think uh not just because it's black and white there are some very old effects you know in here you, you ever see the, do you see the cigarette burns and like the film green mm-hmm. kind of stuff early on thought that was really fun they kind of try to lean into the um not slasher movie what's that called grindhouse feel a little bit of this movie um, someone's very cheesy, very fun, but I, I had a good time, Mike, and uh, I think this is kind of that change of pace, change of tone, change of genre that the MCU needs to kind of keep itself fresh and 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 still have a good time the whole time through it. So, yeah, what, what do you think? Yeah, it it was just the it was the perfect amount of uh, uh, time for me to just like really dive into this monster world a little bit it held my uh attention uh for just the right amount of time uh i i, I love the whole aesthetic of it too i feel like you know i know people back in the day didn't have the luxury of watching full-length features in color right so we're obviously all very spoiled by this point in time but it does kind of seem like something like oh if i had to uh sit down in this for like two and a half hours like a black panther link you know probably the gimmick would have run dry, but I felt like the, just the perfect amount of time, just sit down encapsulate me for, you know, the run of like, you know, a house of dragon episode, or, you know, even like a Lord of the Rings episode, right? An hour long Mm -hmm. drama. I loved it. Uh, it did a lot of heavy lifting for a lot of the questions I had when it came to this monster world in general, right? That Feige's putting together, like what 
is it with these monsters? Have they always been around? Is there going to be some sort of multiversal shift that brings monsters into the MCU at large? And it seems like we've kind of gotten our answer that they've always been out there. They've always been there. This is like yeah. an ancient group of monster hunting people that have been around for a while. And that is going to be our answer. I would love to see them play around with that idea a little bit more in a future movie, possibly Blade. Is it Blade? Where, like, maybe... Like, maybe these monsters, like, they have always been around there, but, you know, why would these monsters now feel the need to maybe stay in the shadows when there's aliens showing up to Earth, right? When there's all these, like, sorcerers, like, you know, getting jobs at, like, Target, if you will. I know that's just a joke, right? But, you know, why should these monsters have to hide in the shadows anymore when there's way bigger stuff going out there in the world? So I would love to see, like, maybe that concept pop up in a way. Why all of a sudden now in the MCU are monsters important if they've always been around there, right? Mm -hmm. And who knows, maybe the House of Harkness will deal with this a little bit since this is also slightly kind of going back in time with the mysticism. So there's still more to explore there, but I thought this was a fun way to kind of dip our toes into it. And yeah. I don't know, Chris, I know you know a lot more about these shows going into them yeah. uh, than I do, but I didn't know that this show was essentially taking place in present times for the yeah. most part until they got to the scene where they were stuck in the crypt. And you could see all the dates on all of the, yeah. uh, I guess, coffins if you will like I, w- I was seeing like 1861 i was like okay you know yeah this this could be happening in the 1920s i get that and then i yeah. saw one that was like 1987 or something i was like hey wait a minute this is not happening yeah. as as old as we think it is this the the time of this story is not matching the aesthetic well, of the story yeah. so i thought and, that was really interesting yeah and, and you're not wrong i think um it, it's i didn't know but i think it, it's kind of alluded to right if you look at the details right the the stone or the, 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 I guess the dates, the uh, placards right in that tomb kind of point towards modern times. And then at the end, um, literally the, the movie comes to color, right? They start playing somewhere mm-hmm. over the rainbow. Then the movie comes to color and, you know, you essentially get what I'm calling the Han Solo and Chewbacca buddy relationship between um, Jack and Ted, uh, Ted being man thing. Like literally he's, mm-hmm. he's like a Chewbacca character, right? And this like, he doesn't talk. He's just all muscle hilarious, but like, yeah, I, I, you don't know, and then when it comes to color, like, oh my gosh, like this is like real life, this is current day kind of thing, um, and that's where they lead you to. But I, I would never have guessed it, like leading up. To, they could have been like, oh yeah, this is set in nineteen ten. I'm like, yep, the the record player lines up with that. Everything else kind of lines up with that. But um, they they did yeah. lean into it, saying yes, this is modern modern day there at the end. Um, yeah, and speaking of Ted slash yeah. Man thing, I mean, I I loved his like uh, just body horror annihilation yeah. of just i'm gonna touch somebody and they're gonna like I, the I wasn't entirely sure if they were melting or bursting into the fam- yeah. flames or what exactly was happening but it looked awesome in black and white because yeah. you know his uh, his melting power if you will was getting so hot you know on a black and white yeah. film that would just show up as white because it would be yeah. the brightest thing in the scene when he just grabs that dude's head later yeah. at the end when he like drops through uh the ceiling and grabs her and just burns up like yeah. what a horrifying power for a creature that we is supposed to be like good yeah. right you know it's almost kind of like a, a Groot-esque in a way where Groot you know can like skewer multiple human beings with his arms if he wanted to and smiling the whole time he does it yeah 
Uh, yeah, exactly. And I, I didn't know it was going to be that buddy dynamic either. I was yeah. like, oh, what's happening here? You know, at the start, I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure I know who the werewolf is, right? But, you know, yeah. how does, you know, man thing tie into this? What's going on? And then it's like, think, oh, they're buddies. Oh, this is fun. Well, I think one of the downfalls of the special is the name. Um, werewolf by night because number one we actually see I think more man thing on screen than werewolf um, ironically uh, right uh, because you, we see the, I think it's very effective how they do the transformation like with the, the flashing white light very cool but like he's only in it for like a couple minutes uh, uh, totally and it's fine at least the horror but like I think that if they would have titled the, the, the show something else like you know bloodstone manor or something with a bloodstone rather than werewolf by night i think it would have made that revelation that much cooler um because knowing there's a werewolf in here um with the title you're like where's the werewolf who is the werewolf oh it's probably this dude right here uh pretty pretty early mm-hmm. on so i'm like ah title change could have really gone a long way for this but it doesn't take away from everything else there are some cool monsters um right in the trophy hunter room right from ulysses bloodstone mm-hmm. Uh, we get to see like a Sasquatch and like a Wendigo and um, uh, like a Nosferatu style vampire. So um, been some vampires in there. Uh, I thought the one guy who had the crossbow arm was actually a sorcerer. He's kind of dressed like a, like he had some magic abilities like from the Tamar, mm-hmm. uh, Kamartage. So I thought he was going to do some stuff, but he didn't. So that's fine. I think all the, you know, the bruteness, the brute force of these mechanical weapons, the ax, the crossbow bolts, right? The, the, um, the spiky ball mace, whatever that is, like really added to the element of like what era is this set in and why are they used against monsters? And it was really fun. I, I, I think they really stayed true to the aesthetic of a B horror film um, made in the, like the forties, even though, you know, it's, it is modern and you could tell it was on digital film the whole time. Yeah. Looking, f- I'm looking forward to more of these. I think crank out one of these every year. I, I think you could even do, I think you could probably convert some of the shows into these or some of the sh- ideas for shows into this. Like I would, um, you know, maybe like the, um, the, the black Panther spinoff that they were talking about or the, uh, 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 Shang Chi spinoff, like the 10 rings thing. We don't need six episodes. Do one of these do like an hour 50 to hour and 10 minutes. Right. Um, one of these i think that'd be fine uh really kind of a keeps the mystery afloat and then also it's like you know you don't know what's going to happen with this so i i really uh i I agree with you i think these there needs to be more of these and they could probably convert some of the shows into these smaller presentations if you will like like one shots um for lesser known characters now the the question i'm going to have for you here at the end mike is where do you want to see these guys next is it Blade? Is it, you know, do they get a sequel, you know, follow-up? Werewolf by Night, Man-Thing by Day is the next one. I don't know. Like, something stupidly named like that. Like, yeah. What? That's a good question, right? Do you, do, you, do you think it makes sense for them to have their kind of own property next? Like, is this like a soft launch, right? You know, kind of like, you know, not really a backdoor pilot, but for a series. Uh-huh. Or is it kind of cool where you're watching your next series or next movie, you know, your heroes are in a bind, and then all of a sudden like, oh, yeah. well, we know somebody, and then these two show up on screen, and now we know them, we're familiar with them something mm-hmm. like that yeah it's hard to it's hard to say right where yeah. do they fit i mean it makes the most sense to kind of keep them more of in a spooky monstery atmosphere so yeah maybe yeah. maybe blade With makes the most sense i don't know blade uh elsa bloodstone took over the mansion right and the bloodstone i think she's got potential for a series possibly like a monster of the week style series um if they want to do like six of those um and she could call on these guys if she needed them to but 
Yeah, I, I think honestly, I wish there had been. It's very, sh- it's very short on the werewolf in here, but everything else about this, um, there's a little bit more. Um, I, I was, it's a body horror, maybe like mutilation, like the guy took the crossbow to the head, kind of thing, and some people were getting kind of brutal, uh, brutally murdered in this. I think it was um, interesting. So I don't know. I, I, uh, I had a good time. I just want to know what what what's next because they're such good characters. We do know. They're fighting King Thanos in that MCU ride at Disneyland, uh, Disneyland coming up, mm-hmm. right? Because they're in that poster. So glad we got to see that. All right. So let's shift gears into She-Hulk uh, episode eight. The, uh, I guess, penultimate episode. And we finally get the the team up that we've been promised, Mike, um, for, for this. And that is the arrival of Charlie Cox's Daredevil. His second dipping of his toes into the MCU, right? The first one was Spider-Man. Uh, uh, no way home and then into this one and um nothing feels better than having charlie cox come back as daredevil right like i feel yeah i felt so good with him in there and he just embodies that role uh, the whole time i really loved it it just feel it just feels it feels great and you don't have to do like all of this legwork right of like origin stories you know we know who daredevil is from all of his uh netflix outings right even though technically this is not the same matt murdock but canonically when that matt murdock you know was sleeping next to she hulk in that bed that night yeah. he dreamed about the netflix that's right charlie cox that's because right. that is canonical that is the dream walking that happens now within the mcu yeah. But yeah, it was great to see them. I love the banter going back and forth of just like you're gonna go down, you're gonna take an hour to pick those dudes off one by one. Yeah. I'm just gonna smash in there. I'm just gonna Hulk smash, and so I I love that uh, back and forth the, there. The chemistry between yeah. them in the courtroom, like you know, they weren't bashing each other. They were being like actual like respectable lawyers. They didn't make each other look like an idiot. They were doing like actual lawyering. Um, the re- mm. the reveal that the Sokovia Accords have been repealed was was interesting. That was kind of a throwaway line. Yeah, for such a big deal. Yeah, that. Yeah, that was a big deal. It makes you wonder why exactly they were yeah. repealed, right? You know, what's the reasoning there? Was it something everybody wanted? Is there some, like, you know, secret it's, invasion stuff happening here it, with politicians removing yeah. things in their way? It was probably in game. It was probably when Thanos came back there, like, we need to... Like, it's, we, just, yeah. it's just like, but, well, they, they kind of started all of this, yeah. but they saved us all and brought us back, yeah. so maybe we remove the... Maybe we do them yeah. a solid and remove the accords. Yeah. I don't, or maybe it was just one of those procedural government things, like maybe they repealed them when half of the senators and uh, congressional house members were just gone, yeah, right, because they were dusted. So, like, yeah, hey, we can put anything through through the house now. Yeah. No one's here to vote yeah. on anything. Yeah. Uh, that would but, be pretty funny. But, but, uh, but the chemistry yeah, was, between them was great. fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's really the point yeah, of that I, 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 I think She-Hulk is at its best when it's able to kind of bring things in from the MCU and kind of uh, satirize it in a way, right? You know, uh, Matt Murdock slash Daredevil, a very serious character from his shows. I mean, those Netflix series were extremely dramatic. You know, every once in a while, there'd be some foggy Nelson would say something pretty funny. There'd be some clever banter back and forth, but it was a pretty brooding show, right? So we got to kind of see her make fun of Matt, Matt make fun of her. Uh, I I thought it was hilarious uh, when he... uh, 
when he's fighting those goons. And I was like, oh, those goons don't stand a chance. They're in a hallway. The, I said that. Daredevil. I'm like, oh, my God. It's a hallway <laughs> fight scene. This is what we've all been that's waiting the last, for. <laughs> that's the last place you want to be with that dude. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was it was so much fun. I love the just the little remarks of like, oh, the collateral damage that Jennifer Walters caused at, at the parking garage. She's like, yeah. oh, I'll leave a note. Yeah. You know, everything was firing off on all cylinders. If anything that this episode did bad was make me look back on the rest of the series going, where has all of this stuff been, yeah. right? I've been having good time with the show, definitely. There's there's great jokes. I've been having a good time, like I said before, but it, it's felt like kind of empty in a way, right? Like it feels like the show doesn't exactly know what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like if you just want to straight up just be a, a sitcom, like uh, – uh, like bottle episodes every week where it doesn't matter what episode you watch these in order. Like, you know, if it's like Seinfeld or new girl or something like that, where, you know, we're just going to hop in and have some laughs and you know, we're not really, we don't really need an after credit scene, right. Yeah. For a comedy show. But then sometimes they, they will dip into something pretty serious and then we're trying to follow a narrative. So it just, feels a little messy but i think that's just in general for marvel on mm. disney plus where the, the structure is just kind yeah. of all over the place but it, sometimes they just nail yeah. it and this episode really nailed it for me and i think you know of all the shows you know this this has been a highlight it's been the they've all been consistent but i think this one's like you know it feels for maybe because it's a rom-com right with some action in it occasionally and it's, and it's sticking to that um, I, I think it suffers from what we, we talked about before um, the villain reveal. We still don't have it right at the at the end of this episode. I'm like they're waiting to the last half hour episode to give us the villain and resolve this is is my concern. Now, the other side of that coin could be, oh, it reveals like this. This show kicks off into Captain America New World Order with the leader. Right. That That's best case scenario. Like, this show ends and it goes into that movie that's coming out, you know, in 2023. Um, or, yeah, it's 2023, right? Maybe 2024. So, um, that would be best case scenario. But, like, worst case scenario, like, we've not really gotten who the villain is. Like, we know there's someone called Hulk King. It's probably that nerdy guy who keeps showing up in all the episodes. Um, yeah, it, it really felt that way, too. Because when they did the previously on for this episode, they 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 showed him again. They specifically highlighted the scene where he called her a specimen, specimen in yep. a way. So it's just like unless they're doing some like you know forty chest like fourth wall breaking stuff and specifically trying to put our brain in that direction, and then Jen's gonna look at the camera and go like, "Oh, we fooled you. You all thought it was gonna be this person." Yeah, it's Mephisto. You know, I'm not saying that's not possible, but <laughs> yeah, like you said, we only got one episode left. Um, I like the direction that they went here, though, where it's just like, you know, Jen supposedly has had herself under control. But when she's really when she's really pushed up against the wall into a corner, you know, you just you go Hulk a little bit, you go a little feral. So now, you know, her public image has really shifted towards the end of this episode. How is she going to get out of this? So finally, we kind of have a little bit of like drama for her, what it is to be a Hulk. So, I mean, it seems like Bruce... We got to get Bruce back in the, yeah. at least the last episode in some way. At least get him on a yeah. Skype call. You know, yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. see him zoom. He, he's got to come back. I think you know what I appreciate about it is at the start of the show, Bruce told her like, "Hey, here's all these things you have to do. Um, you have to deal with, right?" She's like, "You have to be a superhero." She's like, "I don't want to be a superhero." Well, guess what? She became a superhero. You're gonna have to deal with people. You know, perception of you, all this stuff. So everything he's told her has come true across every episode. So that's been really, you know cool to see but it, you know you feel his his absence right you feel 
Bruce being gone uh, off planet since episode two. And I'm like, hopefully he does come back. I think that would be best case scenario. Um, I think it would be hilarious if he lands and he has a son from another planet. And that's why he was called back to Sakaar, right? Like he's like, Oh, meet my <laughs> son. And there's another Hulk, but I, you know, not saying that's going to happen or not. I think that's just, that would be interesting. Yeah. I would, I would just love my expectations to be, uh, subverted in a way. Yeah. Right. Because it just kind of seems really obvious what's trying to be accomplished in this, in this show right now, where it's yeah. just like, Oh, uh, like people are trying to get close to her they don't like her and they want her blood so they can make more of her previously only uh, Bruce Banner as the Hulk had this blood and there there was no way that you could ever get close to that dude he would just like uh, Hulk clap you and turn you yeah. into Adams but you know Jennifer Walters seems more uh, approachable in a way of like this is an actual human we could get samples from so yeah. it just that just kind of seems obvious where it's going to yeah. and then also I feel like at the beginning of the show they kind of um, brought a lot of focus on the inhibitor collar, right, for the abomination. So I'm just totally expecting an inhibitor collar to be like slapped on her neck oh, or something like that, I, and then maybe maybe her coworker buddies come and help take it off or something. So I'm I'm gonna disagree. I think there's one one more portion of this. Maybe maybe she doesn't get that because she technically didn't really break any laws. Maybe right. Um, but like maybe they they sentence her to his camp again, like to like. Hey, you need to go to, to the chill out, you know, camp or whatever. Um, I also don't think Titania's story has really ended either, right? Other than her losing her tooth. So um, they've got a lot of threads to wrap up. And, you know, we've not heard any confirmation of a season two, but I could see them doing a season two possibly. But I, I'm really, you know, if I, I had, a, this is, this is one of, one of the best episodes, right? Mike even texted me, rip it, rip it and rip it. Um, the the, the <laughs> Frogman. Uh, thing but like and, you know but at the same time i'm like see if this is your next last and, episode what how are you going to end this in 30 minutes because i'm very this, concerned and that that frog character is a great example of a way of bringing something super powered into the mcu with a believable explanation right obviously it's not like you know sorcery or scientific in a way it's like a super suit and super suits are very much established in this canon mm -hmm. you know i totally believe that somebody would out there would be making them and selling them to like to super rich privileged people right yeah. i think that's great it's more like when you bring man bull into it and he just offhandedly says he's a scientific experiment and i was just like well okay i think that's a pretty big deal to say in the mcu that they we have science labs out there that are crossing humans with people but mm -hmm. you know it was played off as a joke so we're probably never going to hear about that again but yeah, yeah that was nice because you can bring in kind of your villain of the episode with us with like a, a bit of reasoning there yeah. but yeah this was a good episode i'm hoping we have more to come with the finale coming up yeah yeah i, I really i'm really hoping it. and it's also the last tv show of the old phase right like um these were all announced you know within 2019 uh as we saw in a video a couple couple weeks ago they were all filmed literally at the same time right um without any mm -hmm. feedback from actual like the show's debuting so you know this is going to kind of be like a phase one for the shows right and, and hopefully phase two gets better because i was looking back at you know the mcu movies like avengers is good everything else before that's pretty okay but like they don't really get great until midway through phase two right like with winter soldier and guardians like nothing got great they were good but not great um so i hopefully they can get to great tv shows um starting next year with their with their list of stuff so uh, we'll knock on what secret invasions uh, the next one on, on the on the list so very, very excited mm -hmm. to watch that 
All right, Mike. Well, that's the episode today. It's time to get out of here. If people know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at? Oh, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can do my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you? Find me on Instagram, Valdan87, uh, or Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. If people know about the show, what we're doing, where to get uh, our upcoming Black Adam review at the end of this month, where they can get all ready for all that good stuff. Oh, head on over to our headquarters, known as SuperheroSlate.com. That is like our lily pad, if you will. That's oh, what they called it right in that episode. They did, and, it, and it was on the building, too, and my, my wife laughed. Yeah, that. giant neon yeah. sign, SuperheroSlate.com. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. Please reach out. Let us know what you're, uh, what you're watching, what you're listening to, what your favorite Predator movies are. We love to hear from our fans. If you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy. We'll be here every week, folks. That's right. We'll catch you guys next week. Rip it and rip it. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.